with him. It came to pass as they departed from him, Peter said unto Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. And let us make three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elias, not knowing what he was saying. And while he thus spake, there came a cloud and overshadowed them, and they feared as they entered into the cloud. And there came a voice out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son, hear him. Now flip back over to Mark, Mark 8, if you would, and we want to read verse 22. And he cometh to Bethesda, Mark 8 and 22. And he cometh to Bethesda, and they bring a blind man unto him, and besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes, he put his hands upon him, and he asked him if he saw aught. And he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. And after that he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up. And he was restored and saw every man clearly. Thank you and be seated. Our Father, we come to you, Lord, uh, today and approach the throne in the name of Jesus, because we know when we come in His name, that, Lord, that we receive entrance. And we know that when we come through His name and through the blood, we come clean into the throne room of grace. And, uh, Lord, we thank You this morning for this uh, great crowd today, even with many out. It's still a great crowd, and uh, more than uh, most people would have today. We thank You for it. Thank you for each one that's come out, Lord, and thank you for keeping them healthy and safe and letting them be able to come today. And Father, we pray for those that are uh, maybe not sick today, but just being cautious, and we pray for them that are listening today by the way of the internet, and uh, Lord, many others, that as the internet goes into the whole world, really, and we don't know who might click on, who might be listening, but we pray the Lord will bless His Word today. Uh, Father, I ask you to open up the Word of God to us and, and open my mouth to preach it and open their ears to hear it. And we pray today for that one that, Lord, today might be here among us today that does not know they're saved. And, uh, Lord, to not be saved and, Lord, to die that way, you wouldn't be able to sing that song I just sung about not afraid. And I pray they'd get saved, that they might have that peace of God that passeth all understanding. Lord, bless your people today. Thank you for another Lord's Day that we're able to open up the doors and let people into the house of God. I ask you to forgive me of my sins, failures, and shortcomings. And uh, Lord, may my weakness cause me to be strong in you today. And Lord, we'll be careful to thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I want us to look today at these two different accounts that I've read here. It seems like they would have uh, nothing in common at all. Uh, just by reading them, you'd think, well, how could you cross-reference uh, those there in Luke and what happened over there in Mark? Uh, but the reason they cross-reference uh, is that in both places, uh, they, what they were seeing was out of focus. Uh, the one man said, I see man as trees. Peter, James, and John saw some things that the Lord 
kind of reprimanded them for and said, uh, you don't need to be looking at that. You need to be looking at my son. The Bible said in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, Wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every sin and the weight that doeth so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Uh, the Bible plainly tells every child of God that is saved and is in the Christian race. If you're saved, you're in the Christian race. Before you got saved, you were just in the human race. But now that you got saved, you are in the Christian race. And the Bible tells every one of us that we need to keep our focus on the Lord. Well, whatever the Lord tells us to do, the devil does his best to keep us from not doing it. Uh, the Lord tells us to read the Bible, and the devil does everything to hinder us from reading the Bible. Uh, the Lord tells us to pray, and the Lord brings every hindrance He can to make sure that we pray as little as He can get us to pray. Uh, the Lord, uh, He tells us to go to the house of God, and it seems like people are hindered a lot trying to get down to church. And so whatever it is, the devil's going to hinder it. And here this morning, we're supposed to keep our eyes focused upon the Lord. And uh, a lot of people, a lot of people like myself, as you get older, your vision's not as it once was. Uh, and uh, some people have a blurred vision, and, and uh, you can see, but you can't really see like you used to. Amen. And, uh, you know, we think 2020 is pretty good vision, but we had better than that before sin came into the world. Amen. That, that's good for a, a, a sin-cursed, Adamic world. 2020 ain't bad, but it ain't even close to what we had when God made Adam. Amen. What we'll have one day when the Lord gives us a, a glorified body. Amen. So I want to preach this morning on that thought, getting out of focus. I think this year that we've lived in, 2020, I think it has been a record year to cause people to get out of focus. There is, you see, it's like what's happening here. They're on the Mount of Transfiguration. There's a lot going on. There's a cloud that overshadowed the Lord. There's two men from way past that appeared to Him, begin to talk to Him. There's a lot going on. There's a lot that you could, uh, you could focus on. You could be looking here, there, and everywhere because there was so much to look at, it would be easy to get out of focus. And this year has been a year when that it's, could, it's been easy to get out of focus. Really, you got to really, you had to really try to stay focused on what you need to be focused on. And uh, we look even today, there's a lot of people today. They're not focused today on what they need to be focused on. Uh, they, they're looking at all these different things that are going on. Now, this is illustrated by Peter here in our story. You see, the, the, the reality of it is that, that even when we're trying to be focused, uh, we really don't see all that good. Uh, when it comes to spiritual things, the Bible said we look through a glass, but darkly. In other words, we see images and shapes and types uh, uh, but sometimes we don't see it quite as clearly as we ought to. 
And uh, so when we look here this morning, I want to give you three things this morning. And I want to talk about the calamity of getting out of focus. The calamity of getting out of focus. Well, the calamity is seen in our scripture reading today when the Lord rebukes Peter. And the calamity is that when you get out of focus, you don't really see what you need to see. Uh, You see other things, but you don't really stay focused on what you need to be staying focused on. And uh, we know that that when this happens, that many times uh, uh, it hinders our getting what God wants us to get, seeing what God wants us to see. I think about Peter's words here in verse 4, or Peter's words here where he says here, uh, he said, this is a good place for us to be. Amen. Did you notice he said this is a good place for us to be? Do you know what he's focusing on right there? He's focusing on us. He's focusing on his personal pleasure. Did you know some people come to church and you ought to enjoy church. You ought to love to come to church if you're saved. Uh, if if you've been saved and know the Lord, uh, uh, you ought to have a hunger to come to church. Uh, But I'm going to tell you something here. It's not going to sound right, but it is right. Uh, uh, You don't come to church for your pleasure. You come to church for God's pleasure. Somebody said, well, preacher, uh, I come to church today, but I really didn't enjoy the singing. I really didn't enjoy the preaching. I really didn't enjoy being there. Uh, Well, uh, you don't come for your pleasure. The Bible said in Revelations 5, the Bible said, For His pleasure was all things made uh, and created. Uh, Did you know that changes the whole outlook of going to church? when you realize uh, I'm not going for me, my pleasure, I'm going for Him, His pleasure. I'm not going so that God can make me happy, I'm going so that I'll make God happy. Amen. Uh, uh, You say, the Lord don't care. Well, He must. He said, go out in the hedges and highways and compel them to come in that my house might be filled. Amen. Uh, And uh, you know, it's easy to to get personal pleasure in, in view here. A lot of people are out of focus today. You say, why? They got personal pleasure in in view. I don't know what hunting season's going on now. I I suspect it might be deer season, is it? Brother Kogel said this week, he said, y'all be careful going home. He said, them deer are running everywhere and acting crazy. And I said, you would too if people were hunting you to take your life, amen. I, uh, I, I knew there's some kind of hunting season going on. But there's a lot of people today that they are out of focus today. Uh, they're out there looking for a deer instead of in here looking for God. You see, you can get out of focus like that. And uh, personal pleasure. Uh, a lot of people are out of focus today. You say, why? They're out there looking at a golf ball instead of in here looking for God. Amen. And it's so easy, uh, anything, all of us have different pleasures. We all got things we like to do. And if we're not careful, we'll get our eyes on our pleasure more than on what God wants. Then I've seen this, you see, there was Moses and Elijah. That's big time. In the Old Testament, Moses is the man. In the Old Testament, Elijah is the man. And so... Uh, Moses is a man and, 
And Elias is the man, but there is one man in between them that is the man, Christ Jesus. And you know what they're doing? They're looking at Moses. They're looking at Elias. And they're looking at Jesus, but they're not looking at Him all the time. You say, why? They're caught up into personalities. Did you know that people get caught up into personalities? Uh, you say, what do you mean? Well, uh, uh, if I bring a certain preacher in here, you come. Uh, uh, if I bring a certain other preacher in, the, in here, you don't come. Uh, uh, if I'm here, you come. Uh, if I'm not here, you come. Uh, uh, you say, what is that? that? That's getting caught up in personalities. Amen. Uh, uh, we're not coming for the preacher, though we may be coming to listen to him. Uh, uh, we're coming for God. Uh, and God's still God. It don't matter who's behind this pulpit. It don't matter who's preaching. Uh, God is still God. Amen. Amen. I was telling, uh, I was aggravating Brother Kogel up there this week. And, and uh, I, was, I was really trying to build him up in his congregation. I said, Brother Steve, come down there to our church and... I said, he preached some great preaching. I said, people are still talking about it. And I said, they, they really liked your preacher's preaching. I said, uh, I said they love him. They list his preaching. And I said, uh, they, they get him to sign their Bibles. And I said, you know how that is, though, if you've been pastoring very long. You say, what do you mean? I said, well, the evangelist comes in and says the same thing the preacher's been saying for 30 years. And they'll say, I never heard that before. Wow, that was great. Where did he get that from? I said, I said they'll ask the evangelist to sign their Bible, and the only thing I'm ever asked to sign is a check. But you know what? I, I go up there, same way up there. First, first night, first night I got done preaching, Brother Steve. I started out, and the man said, "Preacher, we're glad to have you up here." I said, "Really?" He said, "Yeah, we finally get to hear some good preaching." That was on Monday night. Tuesday night's when I built Steve up. Amen. And, uh, and uh, they want me to sign their Bibles. I always feel guilty signing the Bible. It's not my book. It's God's book. Uh, but I, I'll sign it. And I put Rick S. Prophet. And I put Luke 18.1. You say, what's that say? It says, men ought always to pray and not to faint. Amen. And so we get caught up in personalities. There is people God uses more than other people. And, uh, and because that we're human beings, there's preachers that we like better than other preachers uh, because of their style. Maybe because they bring more out of the Word. Maybe the way they bring it out of the Word. Uh, maybe because how God has given them a, uh, an understanding of the Word. Uh, but still, still above all of that, the one personality that you and I need to stay focused on is the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, why? Well, uh, we've all got favorite preachers. I have had a lot of favorite preachers. A lot of them have died. They've died, and I miss them. I, but you know what? Jesus died, but He's still alive. I, and I can still talk to Him every day. And so Jesus ought to be our main personality. I'll tell you something else. You won't have to worry about Jesus running off with a piano player. Uh, you won't have to worry about Jesus uh, messing up and embezzling money out of the church. Uh, uh, somebody come to me when a preacher had failed 
And they, they said, I'm quitting church. I'm not going back no more. I, I said, well, you must have been going for the wrong reason. I, I said, Jesus ain't failed. Jesus is still the same. Jesus has never disappointed. So you're supposed, that's why the Lord said, keep your eyes on me and not the preachers because they'll let you down. But I won't, amen. I won't, the personalities. And then he said this. He said, let us Make three tabernacles. One for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elias. So let's make three. Do you know not only do people get out of focus when personal pleasure comes between them and God, not only when personalities take the place of Jesus, but programs and projects did you know we can get so involved in the programs and the projects of the church uh, that we don't see the Lord? Amen. Uh, you can preach not see the Lord. You can teach and not see the Lord. You can sing and not see the Lord. Uh, uh, you can get out of focus. You say, well, I don't see how that could happen. Well, let me read you a church that did exactly that. He said, unto the angel of the church of Ephesus Write these things, saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou hast bear them which are evil, hast tried them which say they're apostles and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne and hast patience, and for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. In other words, he said, I know you're working hard. Did you know you can be working as hard as you can work and still not be where you need to be with God? A church can be doing everything, all kinds of projects, all kinds of mission outreaches, and still not be where they ought to be with God. Uh, you see, uh, uh, we can get so caught up in working for Him uh, that we forget to worship Him. Amen. Uh, uh, you see, He is uh, the worthy one, worthy of worship. Uh, and He said, let us make here uh, three tabernacles. Now, I know that Moses and Elijah would certainly have been very interesting personalities to be around. I know that. Moses, who led Israel out, uh, out of the out across the Red Sea, uh, we think about Elijah that called the far down from heaven that withstood the false prophets of Baal and all these different things that was going on. I, I mean, I know that they would have been something and somebody to talk to, uh, but there ain't nobody, nobody any better to talk to than the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen, amen. And so we see. Programs and personalities, and by the way, let, let me let me let me emphasize that point. When Moses and Elijah got there, did you know Moses didn't want to talk about how he led them led them across the Red Sea? Did you know when Moses got there, he didn't want to talk about how he smoked the rock and water come out? I, he didn't even want to talk about when God gave him the Ten Commandments. Uh, he didn't even want to talk about that. Did you know Elijah? He didn't want to talk about the brook Cherubim. Uh, he didn't want to talk about the widow of Zarephath. Uh, 
He didn't want to talk about calling fire down from heaven. He didn't want to talk about withstanding all the false prophets up on the uh, the mountain. Uh, you say, what do they want to talk about? Jesus dying. Wow. That's pretty good. Of all the things they could have talked about, they said, we want to talk about your decease. We want to talk about you dying. Uh, and did you know, did you know, that in heaven it's the exact same way. Nobody in heaven wants to talk about golden streets. Nobody wants to talk about walls of jasper. Nobody wants to talk about their mansion that we like to talk about down here. Uh, uh, but in heaven, everybody wants to talk about one thing. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain and we were redeemed by His blood. Amen. Uh, everybody wants to talk about Jesus. I wish we had a little more heaven in us now. I wish we like to talk about Jesus more than COVID. Jesus more than the election. Uh, I wish we like to talk about Jesus more than denominational differences and things like that. Uh, we will in heaven one day, thank God. All we want to talk about is Jesus. Amen. The calamity of getting out of focus. I had eye exam last week. And... Uh, Got these glasses, and, and uh, they're turning yellow. I know some of y'all thought I had something wrong with my liver, but these glasses are turning yellow. And, uh, and it bothers me. I looked it up on the Internet while I was up there. I thought maybe there's something I could put them in or something I could do to get rid of the yellow tint that's on them. And it said, there's nothing you can do because they're not glass anymore. They're plastic. And said, because they're plastic, if you get a tint in them, then after about two years, the tint is going to turn yellow. So I went and got an eye test the other day. And you know how they do. They get you in a room there, and it's all different now. And uh, not even nobody in the room with me. The, the guy's on a screen, on a computer screen. Nobody in there. And they uh, work it all. You still read all the letters and everything just like you always did. But, you know, they'll move it there. And you can't see nothing. And they'll say, what do you see? I say, I can't see nothing. You say, what about now? Uh, well, it's blurry, but I can see a little bit. What about now? And he keeps, he keeps turning something. It's like looking through a, uh, it's like looking through binoculars, you know, when you turn them to get in vision. You turn them to get a better sight. You know what the Lord does to us? Uh, when we get blurred and out of vision and out of focus, uh, the Lord turns things in our life uh, uh, to get us turned back in the right direction, to get us turned back looking to Him uh, where that we can focus like we ought to be focusing again. Amen. Uh, uh, so there's a calamity of getting out of focus. Number two, uh, there is the cause of getting out of focus. Uh, uh, Peter's the one speaking here and he's the one who basically is told to shut up. Sometimes the Lord just tells you, shut up. And Peter says, this is a good place to be. Let's build three tabernacles. You know why the Lord told him to shut up? He didn't know what he was talking about. He didn't know what he was talking about. And so, Peter illustrates, we'll use Peter to illustrate the causes of getting out of focus. First of all, the devil, Satan. Satan wants to keep us out of focus. If you're saved, uh, he can't do a thing about that. If you've really been saved, uh, 
but He can keep you from enjoying it. He can keep you from learning what you need to learn. He can keep you from being where you need to be. He can keep you from seeing what you need to see. Satan is always doing one or two things as far as our sight. Uh, He is always distracting us or attracting us. He put something in our way to distract us away from God. He'll put something in our view to attract us to something other than God. We know to the lost, the Bible said, the God of this world hath blinded their minds. Their minds. He said He's blinded them lest the glorious gospel of Christ can shine into them that believe. Well, the Bible said that a blind man, he doesn't just have blurred vision. He's not just out of focus. He's got no vision. But do you know what happens when a blind man gets his eyes open? Do you know what happened when Barnabas was on the road begging and Jesus passed by and Barnabas perceived it was Jesus? I guess he heard the talk. People that can't see, they can hear better. Amen. People that lose one one function such as the eyes, their ears become stronger. People that use the, lose the uh, ability to use this arm, this arm will become stronger because uh, they use it all the time. I had a boy I went to school with, and uh, he took some kind of a vaccine, and uh, and when he did, it just dried his arm up. His arm was just dried up, uh, and he only had one arm. But Mark, uh, he could beat everybody in the seventh grade arm wrestling. He could take us two at a time. You say, why? Because he had used that one arm all the time and it had got stronger. It got stronger. Barnabas couldn't see, but he listened real good. He listened real good. We used to have a fellow come tune our piano up on the square. Brother Stale, he was a blind man. I'd have to go get him, drive him to the church, take him to the piano, stay with him all day, go get his lunch for him. But he was an amazing man. And uh, I remember him sitting there up there one day, and he's uh, he's working on that piano, and I'm standing there watching him. And he said, "Huh, I didn't see that a minute ago." You see, his hands and his ears had become his eyes. Blonde Bartimaeus is sitting by the wayside begging, and his ears have become his eyes. And he said, "Jesus, thou Son of David, have mercy on me." And that cry stopped the Lord. You know that cry still stopped the Lord? And Jesus said, what would you that I'd do for you? And He said, Lord, that I might see. The Lord healed him. You say, Brother Rick, how did Barnabas know when, he, when his blindness was healed? How did he know when he got his eyes were open? When the light came in? You know, when I got my eyes open, when the light came in, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. But we look here and we see old Satan and he'll do everything he can to distract us off of looking at Jesus and looking at what we need to be looking at. The old devil and then ourself. I preached, I think it was last Sunday morning, I preached about that fool of a farmer in Luke 12. And I'm not turning there, but if you'd look in there, there is so many times that fellow said, I, I, 
I will build. I will do. I will this. I will that. You know what his problem was? Uh, his eye, his eyes, our eyes sometimes gets in to our eyes. It's more what we want to see than what God wants us to see. Amen. You say, well, he's unsaved. What about Peter? He wasn't unsaved. Luke twenty two thirty one. the Lord said, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to have thee. Uh, he's trying to get him to see. And Peter said, Lord, uh, no, sir, I'll never deny you. I'll never do you that way. I'll go to prison for you. Yeah, see, he had eye problems. He was out of focus. He was looking at Peter and what Peter thought uh, uh, Peter would do instead of looking at Jesus and what Jesus said he would do. Amen. John 21.3 He said, I go fishing. There's a whole bunch of others got their focus off too and they started looking at him. They said, we're going to go with you. Amen. And then, not only Satan and self will get you out of focus, but sometimes the storms that come in our life they will get us out of focus. Amen. We're using Peter as our example. And you remember when the storm came and all the disciples are in the boat fighting for their life. And Peter said, Lord, if it's thee, bid me to come to thee on the water. And Peter started walking out across on that water. As he walked across on that water, the Bible said the wind got mysterious. In other words, there was a big guff of wind. And Peter's looking at Jesus. But when that big guff of wind came, he got out of focus. You know what happened? He started to go down. You know when he started to go up? Lord, save me! He's not looking at the storm. He's looking right in the face of Jesus. He said, Lord, save me. I tell you, Sensationalism can cause us to get out of focus. We live in it. We live in the church age of sensationalism. You see what you mean? Lights. I heard a preacher that I would have bet five thousand dollars fifteen years ago. That preacher would have never made a statement like this. One of the roughest preachers in America. I heard him the other day defending his liberal son. Uh, with all of his uh, all of his wrong music and his wrong Bibles and all of that, I heard him on there defending his liberal son, and he said, "Oh, he said these Baptists get all upset about uh, the music. They get all upset about strobe lights and things like that and smoke machines." I, I thought, buddy, you preached against that 15 years ago, uh, uh, but you know what he said? I couldn't believe it. It blowed me plumb out of the water. You know what he said? Here's what he said, Brother Richie. He said, wow. He said, Jesus is all about lights. He said, go over there, Revelations 5, and you get around the throne, and there's lights, and there, there's voices, and there's smoke, and there's uh, all this stuff, and a rainbow with all kinds of colors around the throne. And I stopped, and I said, you've got to be kidding me. See, we're living in a day of sensationalism. Just plain old Bible preaching won't get them in much anymore. You've got to have a, a worship team. 
You say, preacher, what do you got against the worship team? Nothing if the team's the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Nothing. Amen. We don't have to have a bunch of cheerleaders to come in here and get us pumped up. Amen. We got the Lord to do that. Uh, we don't need somebody to come in here and listen. That no pulpit. You know why they don't have a pulpit? They ain't got nothing to say. You know why they're smoke machines? Distortion. They don't want you to see clearly. Amen. You say, I don't like that. Well, me and you don't like the same things, do we? I want you to know that sensationalism, even in a Christian's life, sensationalism. The Bible said them disciples went out and the devils were subject unto His name. They went out, they had the power of God on them, boy, and they come back and they said, Lord, even the devil is subject unto Thy name. Jesus said, calm down, boys. Don't get excited about the sensationalism and the power. So if you're going to get excited, get excited because your name is written down in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. I, I, but you can get sensationalism and you can get people's minds off of the Word of God and off of the things of God because they're watching all this circus stuff going on. Alright, the causes of getting out of focus. Let's look at the most important thing here, the cure of getting out of focus. Now, Peter is blessed. You say, why is he blessed? Well, he's blessed because when he got out of focus, when he started seeing what he, what he really needed to see, and he couldn't see it because of blurred vision and being out of focus, when all that started to happen, he was blessed. He had the eye doctor with him. Amen. He's got the specialists there with him. And if Jesus, if Jesus can make a blind man see, he surely could help a man with blurred vision to see. Don't you think? And uh, sometimes we need we need the Lord to just get our focus again about the Lord and not only about the Lord but about a lot of things. You say, well, what did that eye specialist do? Well, look in Matthew. We didn't read Matthew, but let's look at it. Same story. And Matthew tells us something that, that Luke doesn't tell us. Matthew tells us in verse 7, And Jesus came and touched him. You say, what happened there? How did he get his back on focus? He had a special touch of God. Have you ever had God to touch you in a special way? I'm not talking about when you got saved. Now that's special. That's the most special. But folks, I want to tell you something. This might bless you. God can touch you even after you get saved. God can give you a special touch after you get saved that in some ways does more for you than when you got saved except from keeping you out of hell. The Bible says here that the Lord... Jesus, He touched him. Now look at Mark here. Here's, this guy ain't got blurred vision. He's totally blind. Jesus comes to Bethesda. You say, what's He doing there? There's a blind man there. You'll find Jesus where there's blind people. You say, why? He wants to open their eyes. 
You'll find Jesus where people have blurred vision. you say, why? He wants to help you. The Bible said He come to Bethesda and they bring a blind man unto Him and besought Him to touch Him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes, he put his hands upon him and he asked him if he saw aught. Now that seems like a uh, seems like that wouldn't be very sanitary. Uh, certainly wouldn't in our day, would it? But you see, Jesus never was sick. Jesus never gave one germ to anybody. Jesus don't have COVID. You can hug all over him this morning. Get close you want. You won't get nothing. Amen. He don't have it. But the Bible says that Jesus spit on him. You say, what's that say? That says a couple things. Sometimes the process of getting us back focused and getting our eyes open is sometimes not a very pleasant process. But it was worth it. Preaching, uh, listen, Dana Williams preach. And Dana said, "Imagine Jesus spitting in that man's eyes," and he said, "Can't you just see the Lord walking up there and going?" <coughs> and that man says, "Jesus, why did you spit? I can see! I can see! I can see!" <laughs> now I got that from Dana Williams, but I got this from God. I said, "Lord, what's in all that?" He said, just this, anything that comes out of my mouth will open your eyes. Anything that comes out of my mouth will open your eyes. The Bible said that Jesus went and He touched this man just like He touched the other guy. He touched this man with a special touch. And He spit on him. You say, where'd that spit come from? Same place yours does out of your mouth. And it is representative of the fact that what comes out of his mouth will open your eyes. There's some people that don't believe some things that if they ever started looking at what come out of his mouth, you start believing some things. You say, well, I wouldn't talk that. I, I wouldn't preach that. I didn't know that. Yeah, I know. You didn't read that either. If you'll read that, you'll find out that a lot of things that you were told growing up I had no more bit of truth in them than anything. Nothing. Spoken word. Special touch. Spoken word. But look here at verse 25 of Mark. The Lord said, now he's got his eyes open. He's not blind anymore. He's got his eyes open. That's like somebody just gets saved. They're not blind anymore. They got their eyes open. But they're not yet seeing everything clearly. And the Bible said, the Lord said, uh, he said, he asked him, he said, he said, can you see? Spit on him. Verse 23, put his hands upon him. He asked him if he saw aught. And he's looking down like this. Don't look down. 
I had a wonderful illustration of that this week, Corey. We dis- dismissed from church, and there's a fellow that goes to that church, and here's the way he walks. Coming out of the car, going into the church, leaving the church, going down to pray. And it's not a physical thing, it's just the way he walks. But, we got out of church Wednesday night, and that fellow's walking in front of me. He had a van like you got. He didn't, but the other guy did. And he's walking like this, and this elderly man gets inside his van, and evidently he's got a button he can push it'll open that thing. And evidently he pushed it. Because that guy, BAM! He's laying plumb on the ground. I run over there. I said, Sir, are you okay? Are you bleeding? He said, I don't feel anything warm. I don't feel any blood. By that time, the older man just got out of the car and he's come around. He said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. He said, Mister, it ain't your fault. Maybe God's trying to tell me to look where I'm going. This man's looking down. The Lord said, can you see? And he looks up. And he says, I see men like trees. I got a book up there in my office. And it takes places in the Bible like this. And it tells the way us Westerners usually preach it. But it tells about the reality of it over there in the Bible and where it happened. And it's got pictures. And it said if you were to go over to the Bible land, it said that when men cut bushes and trees and things like that, they don't have trucks, they don't have wagons, they don't, in those days they didn't have that, and so they would tie all that brush on their back, and they would walk with that brush on their back. And this man looks up and he sees something like that. He said, I see men like trees walking. Because he's got all that on his back. And the Lord put his hands, verse 25, on his eyes again. And he made him look up. If you're going to see clearly, you've got to look up. You've got to look up. That's where all the help comes from. And the Bible said he was restored and saw every man clearly. You say, what happened? Got his eyes open. Still couldn't see. Got a second touch. See all things clearly now. Sometimes all we need when we get out of focus is we just need a, a second touch. God wants us to see. God wants us to see clearly. God wants us to see Him in everything in our life. God wants us to see Him as a child of God. He is in everything in our life. Back to our Scripture. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Well, you've been looking at the last two or three months. We need to look to Jesus. 
Father, I thank you this morning for 